and we are live with this week's edition of the All Gas No Break Sports Show. I am one of your co-hosts, Nicholas Pavona, joined alongside by Andrew Johnson. And Andrew, it's been just about a couple weeks since NBA free agency has started. Have been a couple of big-time moves around the world of the NBA. Still awaiting on the decision of two big key players as well. One free agent, one a player that might be getting traded. We'll have to see how that turns out in the next couple of weeks. But it has been a very hectic start to free agency. It really all went down on night number one of that free agency day. Since then, it has been a little bit quiet, but as I said, we're waiting to decide about the futures of James Harden and Damian Lillard, so we'll have to see where it goes from there. Yeah, no, we uh, like we did in our prediction show, we had a bunch of guys where we thought they were going, uh, and I think we only got one or two of them right, so that's really good for yep. us. Wishing our compl- uh, can, uh, you know, continues. No, but you know, you really it's hard to predict the NBA free agency because it's so predictable. I mean, obviously some moves are easier than others like for example we both had jeremy grant remaining as a portland trailblazers and i think a lot of these picks come down to these guys it's just very hard to predict because or not hard to predict because of the lack of money in the nba right now Correct. the average team is 38 to 50 million dollars over the salary cap so and there's really no that. Yeah, there's, so there's really no room, but that's when it was actually kind of shocking to see some of these guys actually get paid to go somewhere else. Yeah, and that's why when we broke it down, we saw a couple of these guys staying with their teams, but we try to maybe predict some movement happening where it would kind of shake up the NBA. There was a couple that kind of did, but I, like I said, I think Harden and Lillard will make the most significant impact It's as to shaking up the league as it is. Um, but being that as it may, we're kind of seeing some of similarity from the teams and where they're going back guys going back to their original teams from last year, such as we mentioned, Jeremy Grant, Kyrie Irving also is going back to the Dallas Mavericks. He got a big time deal with them about 120 million for three years. Grant got five years for 160. Uh, Draymond Green just honestly surprised me going back to Golden State with a four year contract for a hundred bell. Could have fooled me. Yeah, I really thought that his time was over considering there's a new regime in Golden State, but they're still in championship window right now, so they might as well bring the core back, and you now have Chris Paul. so it gets And like they it got may- rid of Jordan Poole. And they did get rid of Jordan Poole, so maybe that enticed Draymond to go back. Who knows? Um, a move that really surprised me was Kyle Kuzma going back to the Wizards. I did not see that at all happening. I figured he was done in Washington. Yeah, I, I agree with you too. I think I had him going to Detroit, or you, you have him going to Detroit. And I had him no, going to I Charlotte. Did. Yep. And again, the reason why this guy stayed is because no one can afford to pay anyone, and he got a good so contract he, too. Yeah, he got four years over ninety million dollars, about twenty-two and a half million dollars per year, and with incentives that could be as high as one hundred two million dollars. So hey, he's twenty-eight years old, or is about to be twenty-eight years old. So to him, that's going to be probably his last big payday. Yep. And he cashed in on it. Yeah, and he definitely, you know, he brings a lot for the Wizards who are trying to rebuild right now. It'll be really him and Jordan Poole that will lead that rebuild for Washington next season. So only time can tell what's going to do for them. They're going to have to draft really well the next couple of years. They do have some draft picks to help with that as well. Um, other moves that went down for you to see Kyle, uh, Chris Middleton signing back with the Milwaukee Bucks. So that's a big signing for Milwaukee. They do not lose Middleton. Hopefully, he can rebounce back. He's starting to get a little bit healthier now from that injury he sustained just about over a year ago. So, good to see him get a nice contract. He gets three years, around over $93 million in 
in total. Uh, another move was the Brooklyn Nets. They brought back Cam Johnson on the RFA, so they were able to uh, match the offer that he got. I don't remember – correct me if I'm wrong, Johnson. I don't remember the exact team that gave him that original offer that the, Mets, the Nets had to uh, match it. Was it the Timberwolves? Like, like the original one? I think it was a um... – Oh boy, that's a good question. I don't know what team exactly offered him, but I think it was the uh it wasn't the Rockets. Why do I want to assume it's the Rockets? I I feel like you're not was it Oh, I think it was Detroit. It was Detroit. Yes, it was Detroit. So the that's Pistons another... Yeah, that's another team that's, you know, trying to rebuild and a guy like Camp Johnson would help them. But the Nets were able to match that offer, and they said they would do that if even if it went over $100 million. Just stays a little bit under that at 94.5 in total. So Cam Johnson's going back to Brooklyn with Mikel Bridges and all of them. That's, this is a horrendous contract, by the way. I don't like it either. I'm not the biggest fan of Cam Johnson. Um, but then, yeah, I don't people, like Again, I, don't I like realize he had, either, a couple, so, he, had a, yeah. he had like two good weeks. This is a, he, he is a Jeremy Lin-type player. Uh, what I mean by that, he is very hot and very cold, and you gave him uh, high level yeah. of role player money. Jeremy Lin got got a big deal too after that uh, that season with the Knicks. Yeah, the way I look at it, do you think Cam Johnson is worth more than Kyle Kuzma? No, I take Kyle Kuzma before him. I would take Kyle Kuzma any day of the week before Cam. He got more money than Chris Middleton. Yeah, I know he got more than Chris Middleton too. But Chris Middleton, I get it; he's a little bit older, understandable, but. I don't know about this. It's um to me this is a desperation move by the Nets. Again, they don't own their future for the next decade. So they need to retain any kind of anyone that can really fill a seat. So for right. the fifteen fans that are gonna come see Cam for Johnson 15. in Brooklyn or the discounted tickets like they give them out like candy. <laughs> you mean you get a laugh while you want by I guarantee by next February you'll be able to get Nets tickets for four dollars. I did go to a lot of Islander games when they were at the Barclays Center for under ten dollars. So I yeah, can't. So you can see it when when the off really team in New York, when the B team in New York isn't good, it, it's struggle city. I mean, even like the New York Mets are a legitimate New York franchise. They've been a staple in the city for over five or six decades at this point. They have a, a talented. I'm sorry, not talented. They have a passionate and large fan base, and you could even get their tickets for five six dollars for some of their games. So um, for a team like the Nets, an NBA game, sure, when Golden State comes to town, it's going to be expensive. When the Knicks play there two times a year, it's going to be expensive. But when Detroit comes, the Indiana Pacers, Utah Jazz, $4. Oh, uh, you talk about the Mets. We talked about them on our last show here on All Gas, No Breaks, about the whole first half of the season, how the second half is going to go. And next week, we'll be talking about the trade deadline, the MLB. And the we Mets will. will be... Team to watch that in those next two weeks. They will the be selling coming up. It looks like they're going to be selling. Hell, my Yankees might be selling too. Uh, that's another discussion for next week. But you know, don't want to get too off topic. But we did have some mo- a little bit of movement also in this free agency, and one team in particular made that type of movement, and that was the Houston Rockets. Andrew signing two big players to their team. One, I have a lot of question marks about him. The other one. I, I like the question marks. I like the player, but not the contract. The guy I'm talking about with that is Fred VanVleet. 
So I've said this a couple of times. Um, I think I had Fred Van Vliet going somewhere else, not to Houston. I so think we, I, had him, I had him going to San Antonio. We both had him going to San Antonio. Right, we and then in, I realized we he doesn't the play right defense. State. <laughs> well, yeah. And then Popovich would be like, wait, you, this man doesn't play defense? Yeah. But no, like I get it why Houston did it. Not, it looks like they're not getting James Harden. They're like not going to get James that, Harden. That ship has sailed. Uh, Ime Udoko doesn't want to deal with him. He doesn't want to deal with his ego. So, okay, I get it. Um, you get dollar store James Harden. Is that is that a fair way to describe him? Nine, bargain bin James uh, Harden? He's not as good as a playmaker as James Harden. But Great value James Harden? I, I guess. I don't, I don't know what's like best. Knock off DVD James Harden? I don't know what's the best way to describe. I mean, I like Van Vliet for scoring. Like, he can shoot when he needs to be, but he gets a big contract with the Rockets. He got three years around over $128 million in total for this contract. He got paid a lot from Houston. You know what I really hate? I really hate to say this, and this is the comparison I'm going to draw to them. And don't get me wrong, this the first guy I'm going to mention was a way, way better than Fred Van Vliet, and I mean way better, not even close. I think this is going to be like another Kemba Walker situation. Fred Van Vliet, Maybe. in a couple of years, he's 29 He's twenty nine right now, so he'll be 30 by the time um, halfway through the season starts. He's, he'll be 31, 32 towards the end of his contract, and his I don't think his knees are going to hold up. Because you got to remember, Kemba Walker, when he got signed by Boston that previous season, yep. completely fine. Even that first season Boston, completely fine. He was an all-star, played in almost every single game. I know it was a shortened COVID year, so I think he missed like 10 or 11 games. And then that's when the knee problem started. Problem started as soon as he turned 30 years old. Right. And the reason why Kemba Walker deteriorated so fast, and people don't really talk about this, because he was a smaller guard. He was a shoot-first guard who was... I would say a league average shooter um, at best. I mean, most of the times he was shooting around 43%, but again, nobody on Charlotte. So there was no one we could really you know, pass the ball to good three point shooter, but he relied on his quickness and his, uh, I guess I want to say limited athleticism, but his, um, his ability to kind of stop on a dime and, you know, take defenders off their game and just kind of blow past them and maybe pass out to the big man driving inside, maybe get a, a tough layup. That's Fred Van Vliet's game. He is a short, undersized guard who doesn't really play defense. He can shoot, but he can't really finish well. And if he doesn't really, if his knees don't hold up, this is going to be a really bad contract. Right. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm very indifferent about the whole deal as it is. I, I like the player. I don't like the money that went towards the player. And I feel like the Rockets are going to be a scenario where you're maybe year two of this contract and you're looking at it and saying, this might have been a mistake and we're probably going to look into maybe buying him out or trading him. So I don't know. Hopefully maybe that works. Maybe it works out for Van Vliet and for Houston. Maybe it were, you know, Maybe at the end of the day, it all pans out for them, and maybe they make some noise in the postseason because this is still a very young team. So you're looking for a guy like Van Vliet, who has won a championship, to bring that type of a spark to a team that's trying to get over the hump. So I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens to Fred Van Vliet. I, I mean, I don't like the contract. Um, another contract I guess we don't like is, uh, do you like Jeremy Grant's contract? 
No, I don't. I don't like and, it at all. And, and I, I, think he, I think he's heavily overpaid. And I like Jeremy Grant coming out of Syracuse, um, but he gets a, a $160 million for five years. I mean, Portland, I'm, Portland is such a weird I get why team, they did man. It. I get I, why they did it. They need we'll to get. keep fans excited. Yeah. Jeremy Grant is a good player. You know, he he's is. a decent player. You know, he, he scores around. He's, he's a twenty and five type guy. He he he's good I mean, finishing inside. He's got a, a decent three ball. You know, pretty good three ball in the last yeah. couple of years. But it's kind well, of suspect. You mentioned it. They they they're going to be relying on him. Uh, uh, Simmons or Simons. I always forget how you pronounce it. Anthony I, Simons. Anthony Simons. They're going to be relying on him. And Simons, and, now, gonna be okay. and hopefully now Scoot Henderson, I think he got injured during uh, the summer league. Um, they, those are going to be your three guys for the next couple of years. Because Damian Lillard is going to probably get traded at some point. It's it's only inevitable when it goes down. Um, I just don't know when it happens. Don't remember. Wait, wait, you have you have to remember, they also have Shadon Sharp, who's have, he's shown flashes. He's, he's, yeah, he's shown flashes here and there. Oh, he's not bad. They have Yusuf Nurkic. If he can stay healthy... He's actually pretty good, and they have New York Knicks legend Kevin Knox, who maybe will break out in his there, sixth year in the league. There's no way you brought up Kevin Knox. Listen, listen, for Portland you last lost, year, you lost me eight there. points per game. You lost me there. Eight points per game, Nick. That's a lot. Sure. Um. The, yeah, he, Portland is in a scenario where you're rebuilding. These are going to be your new guys, the face of the franchise, and I don't know. It just doesn't smell like it's it smells like a team that maybe makes the bubble at best, maybe sneaks in as a late playoff team. They're not going to go anywhere further than this. They don't have a superstar in this team. No, that's the see, the, the West is very weird though, where I think and the 10 seed is kind of up for grabs. Right, and I'm I I guess it really depends on also what Portland could get back in a Damian Lillard package cuz that could also help them. Um, I don't know. I just feel like they're so, they're one of the weirdest teams in the NBA because you can't tell if they're rebuilding and trying to you know build for the future or rebuilding to the point where they still think they compete right now. I think you hit the nail right in the head here. And a team that's also desperately trying to uh, to compete that is the Dallas Mavericks. They just signed Kyrie Irving forty yep. mil per year over the next three years, so that's one hundred twenty million dollars total. Uh, to the Dallas Mavericks, Kyrie Irving, he's you know center of controversy to say the least. But when he is on the floor, he is a top five player in the NBA. Yeah, you, you had to keep him. That, that that was the moral of the story. They had no choice because you and lose Kyrie. This, this was not Kyrie's first destination. He wanted to be a Laker, right? And I think at the more at the end of the, at the end of the day, he wasn't going to get paid that money from the Lakers because they don't have the money. That that we and we highlighted that a couple weeks ago. So Dallas was able to give him the contract that he would want. And they're able to keep their star Luca happy, which is what they need to do at the end of the day. So I will um, say one thing about Kyrie. Uh, he played 60 games last year, which was the most games he's played since the 2018-2019 season. Uh, 60 games isn't what you want, but if you can figure, you can at least, if you could pencil him in for 60 games, and if he can give you what he did last year, 27-5-5 and on 50%, you know, almost flirting with 50-40-90, uh, that's, that's something great. I know he doesn't play defense. And he doesn't really rely. He's not a smaller guard. He is a, I don't want to say undersized point guard, but he's, I would say, an average size point guard. Uh, so he doesn't really rely on that athleticism. His game is going to age really well. 
Uh, but there's been the injury bug in the past early in his career, and obviously the whole nonsense with him sitting out games due to COVID and the restrictions in New York City. Uh, put that behind him. If he can put the off-court shenanigans in the rear of your mirror, uh, I think this future, if you look at it and this tandem, could work out. Yeah, I think only time's going to tell. I mean, you have to hope that everything goes right. Dallas is trying to keep Luka happy because if they don't, who knows what happens with him the next couple of years. You don't want to you know, lose into free agency or him requesting a trade. So you have to do stuff like this to keep him happy and keep your star player there. They also made another move, getting Grant Williams from the Boston Celtics, which involved a sign-in trade, which turned into a three-team deal. Uh, Grant Williams gets four years, 53 mil from the Mavericks. Celtics in that swap and sign-in trade got two future second-round picks from the Dallas Mavericks. And the San Antonio Spurs would also get involved in this deal, and they would get Reggie Bullock from the Mavericks, also with a swap right in 2030 from Dallas. So Dallas also gets Grant Williams to help what they could use on defense. So you see that in the offseason, other than Kyrie, and it, they did. you saw it in the draft too. They are trying to address that defense because last year it was really bad for them. And doing this, getting Derek Lively in the NBA draft, is kind of helping them get into the right um, – direction and try to fix the defense from last season so one thing i do want to say and i think it went under the radar because it was a trade as well i know you mentioned grant williams was required via trade but rashawn holmes also required via trade i actually kind of oh, like yeah, that right yeah for sure you know he didn't really play in sacramento this year because they had the Sabonis there in front of him uh so he didn't really play at all but the last couple of years when he played he was like a 12 and 8 kind of guy a, a 14 and 8 kind of guy so he could play, and you know the Mavericks don't really have anyone at center in front of him. I, I highly doubt they're going to start JaVel McGee over him. Uh, no, they're getting rid of JaVel McGee. So there they're you go. Get rid so of him, yeah. You can have Rashawn Holmes and Derek Lively getting it up his backup minutes. So yep. you finally have a player that I think can really fit in well because Rashawn Holmes. I know he's not this defensive, you know, savant or anything like that, but you just had Christian Wood there who plays no defense whatsoever. So if you can at least get a guy like Rashawn Holmes who wants to revitalize his NBA career, you know, he's only 29 years old. He still has a couple of good years ahead of him in his prime. Uh, And a guy who desperately wants to be playing for a contract and wants to be in the NBA. Hey, if you get him to buy into the system, this could work out really well for Dallas. So I do like this pick and uh, or this pickup and it went really under the radar. Yeah, I think that was during the draft, too, which is why I think it went under the radar as well. Um, Dallas was able to make that move, and then they got Derek Lively in the draft as well. So they're trying to address that center need. And you said it, Christian Wooden was just not a good is not a good defensive center in the NBA. He's more about scoring. So Dallas is trying to fix that overall by doing this, and I think they did a great job so far. I'm, I mean, I don't know what else they really do in this NBA offseason. It looks like they're probably going to stand pat, keep with what they have, maybe sign a low tier minimum weight, you know, minimum contract at the end of the day, but Dallas makes the low tier moves and that's fine. I think that will keep Luca happy. It will keep them in contention for a playoff berth next season. And that's what you want because you missed the playoffs last season and they got to fix it this year. Jason Kidd could be on the hot seat. I, think I mean, it, I think he should have been fired this season, but that's neither here nor there or my decision. So. Right. So I think, I think it's all or in right now for Dallas and trying to get back into the postseason. And doing stuff like this could potentially help you. Um, yeah. And uh, I guess only time will tell about how that's actually going to turn out. Yeah. Uh, we also, I forgot to mention during the Rockets, so we talk, we forgot to mention uh, Dylan Brooks. How do we, um, how do we feel about that contract? 
I was just about to get into Dylan Brooks. Okay. So here's my problem, and I think Coach K said it best when, if you remember in the, in the NCAA tournament a couple of years ago when Dylan Brooks was at Oregon and they played Duke, at the end of that game when Oregon was only up, they were up by like 10 or 11 points with like 15 seconds left, and they were going to get a shot clock violation. So Dylan Brooks, Brooks took the shot, the uncontested three-pointer, and this kind of did some box score window dressing. Mm-hmm. And Coach K after the game said, hey, you know, you're better than that. You don't need to do that. You're a good player. And he kind of like resonated for him just a little bit. So he kind of knew he was being a jerk because it's not like Coach K exploded on anything. He just kind of said it to him in the, in the uh, handshake line, whatever. So I think if that version of Dylan Brooks, the one that responded to the criticism positively when Coach K said it to him, if you get that version of Dylan Brooks, this could be a great deal. I know you have all the memes like, oh, my God, he scored like two points, you know, after being a LeBron stopper, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Um, but if the guy can buy into his role and only be a defensive specialist, um, you know, he's not he really can't shoot the free ball. He's not really not a great scorer overall. Uh, but if he just buys in, he you know passes, rebounds, hustles, uh, scores the ball when he's going towards the rim. I think it'll be a good deal. Right. I think I think that's another one where you're going to have to wait and see what happens because you're right. Dylan Brooks had a really bad end of the season last year, especially how what happened during the playoffs against the Lakers, where you know people he said that people aren't afraid of LeBron, and then the Lakers proceed to just absolutely annihilate him, annihilate Memphis in that series to the point where I, I think it went it did it didn't even seem like it was a even contest throughout these most of those games. It seemed like the Lakers were blowing them out at every game. Um, so for Houston, they get Brooks on a four-year contract for $86 million in total. He still gets a big payday, considering a lot of people were, you know, making those memes that he was going to go play in Japan or whatever, you know, not be in the NBA this season. He gets a big-time contract from Houston. So the Rockets spending a lot of money this offseason, and we knew that was going to happen going into this free agency. Um, the biggest two signings were Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks, so... I'll be interested to see if that will help them make the postseason this year because if they can, it will look really good on Emi uh, Udoka's um, resume if he could do that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so a couple more of this, I guess, uh, rapid fire here before we get to the next one. Max Schroes going to Cleveland, $62 yep. million. Uh, originally an undrafted free agent from out of DePaul, and before that, Disgusting. Uh, he, yeah, Division Two player. So Division <laughs> Two player really getting $62 million. Is huge getting paid more than Austin Reeves, who gets four years, fifty-four bill to stay with the Lakers. Herb Jones getting the same deal to stay with the Pelicans. Uh, Ray Hachimura getting fifty-one mil over three years to stay with the Bucks. Uh, Brooke Lopez going. I'm sorry, the Lakers. I know you're going ahead. I'm going ahead. Uh, Brooke Lopez getting twenty-four million dollars, which I think is huge, huge overpay. But I think it's a big sign because you look at Lopez's season last year. He was he was up for Defensive Player of the Year award. And I think it's another thing where Milwaukee, they're kind of like, uh, they're kind of in this situation where we're trying to keep that championship window open, kind of like how Golden State is. And you give Middleton that, that deal, you give Lopez that deal, they still think they can win a championship in the next two or three years. Oh, I agree so with you. You have to do what you can to try to keep that window open, because if not, you're going to get to the point where you're going to have to, re- you don't want to rebuild with Giannis still on your team, because that God knows what will Giannis do in the next couple of years if you will want to leave Milwaukee. So yeah, I, think, I think it had to I, be I hear done. you. I hear you. 
So yeah, you got to pay the man. You also get his brother, Robin Lopez. I think he's coming over on a one-year deal for $3 million. So you get the Lopez twins uh, reunited. I think the first time since they, they were at the first, Stanford. But... They did the first time. Yep. Yep. So you can fact check me on that. Uh, and a couple of the, uh, a couple more before we go into the last two or last couple of significant ones. Uh, D'Angelo Russell getting uh, 18 mil per year to go back to the Lakers. Uh, Batiste Feibel was going to be a Dallas Maverick, but uh, Portland matched their offer sheet at three years, 33 million. Uh, Gabe Vincent going to be a Laker, so leaving the Heat to go to my Los Angeles, which is a really, really big signing because they desperately needed a backup point guard slash bench. As much as I don't like Gabe Vincent considering what he did to the Knicks, I think that's a great signing for the Lakers. I think that will really help them because I think one of their issues was they needed bench last season and they needed scoring off the bench. They weren't getting it from most of their players besides maybe Reeves, and then they had to put Reeves in the starting lineup. So. I think getting a guy like Gabe Vincent, who was a proven commodity after what he did in the postseason, to come off the bench and give you points, I think that will really help the Lakers. I think they had a really good free agency in total. I, you talked about Hachimura going back. Reeves is going back. Gabe Vincent's going there. I think the Lakers have had one of the better um, off-seasons. Oh, my far, they had one of the best off-seasons in sports. So I, I forgot about Jackson Hayes. I think that's also – they also got Jackson Hayes and Cam Reddish. Those are two. Cam Reddish ain't nothing special. We we kind of know about that. Not not saying he's going to be big time for them. Saying that you know you get two young guys that are still looking they to got make Torian an Prince too. Right, they're still relatively young to the point where who knows? Maybe the Lakers find something in them and get them back to what they were supposed to be. I, I agree. Don't, I don't think I don't know if it will happen. Probably won't. But only time can tell. You're learning under LeBron. I think okay. anything's possible. Okay, and this kind of summarizes a couple more big signings, or you know, significant signings, but not not uh, not big enough for us to talk about. Uh, Jeff Green leaving the Nuggets to go to Houston. Uh, yeah, another big. Uh, yeah, got his ring. Finally got his ring. Kind of went searching. Uh, this is to me is one of the shockers. Uh, Miles Bridges being back in the league, Hornets giving him an eight year. I'm sorry, an eight million dollar proof of deal. Uh, pretty much give him yeah, the MLE as an RFE. Yep. Uh, so that's going to be something. Uh, Derek Rose leaving my New York Knicks go back home to Memphis or back to his college home, I should say, in Memphis. Uh, Westbrook that's a, that's is going to remain line. a Clipper for the next two years. Yep. Uh, this is a big one for Phoenix. Eric Gordon going to the Suns. I love that signing for them. I like that signing a lot. Six and a half million dollars. He's going to be a six man to shoot off the bench. Really like that signing. Kind of significant. They kept a lot of other bench pieces like Damian Lee and they kept Josh Okoji. They also got, got a it. couple more guys go back, like Yuta Watanabe, which is a really good signing. Uh, they also got Keita Bates-Diop and Drew Eubanks. So they're building a little bench, and it's not really filled with old men because all these guys are in their prime, the last couple I mentioned. Right. Yeah, but no, the, I, I think Phoenix is it also got um, – they got Bull Bull, remember, too. They just signed him. So yeah, so no, they have a bench. They have they're a They're getting young a younger bench. bench. Exactly. I think that's what everyone was – They at least their fans were hoping for. Because going into the year, we thought they'd been running out with NPCs and not running with any type of bench whatsoever. So I think that's a good move. And they got rid of campaign's contract to do that and get Bull Bull. So they were able to get some draft picks as well in order to get Bull Bull and get campaign off the board. So it's Bradley Beal's turn at point guard this season for Phoenix. Yeah. And Nick, I think I hit most of them on the head. I'm going to go on a couple of these into more detail, though, starting with Seth Curry going to the Dallas Mavericks. They desperately need shooting. I want and him so much on the Knicks. 
I, I know, but he just wouldn't fit anywhere. And we got I a know. guy I think is going to be better in the long term for us, or way better in the long term. Because I hope, hopefully. Seth Curry is 33 years old, so he's already on the wrong side of his prime right now. But I think that's going to help Dallas a lot. I like that signing. Um, Kind of solidifies. I don't know if he's going to start, but solidifies their bench unit. Yeah. And this is my favorite story is four years, $12 million, $3 million per year. Julian Champagny, St. John's legend, New York I City born and that. raised. Listen, I think it's a great story. The guy no, gets cut from the 76ers on Valentine's Day. That's rough. And then Greg Popovich signs him. And then right before, I don't know if you know this, Nick, but right before he was going to check back into the game, Popovich stopped him and said, he said, listen, you're going to have a career in this league. You just got to find it and you got to show me. And after that happened, he just tore up the end of the season, averaging 15 points per game to end the uh, less over the last like 45 days of the season. Then he tore it up in, uh, in uh, summer league where he stole the show from one Bayana and he got paid because of it. So I think that's a really great story. Yeah, no, I, I, I've always liked Julian. He was really big for St. John's, so I'm happy to see him get his payday. All right, and uh, I'll go on the next two right here. And this, is, I think, is one of the biggest under-the-radar moves, is Bruce Brown getting $22.5 million a year to go to the Indiana Pacers. Big time. Leaving the Denver Duckets really helped them win a championship. Really great yeah. in, that final, in that game five. And that, to me, is a huge loss for Denver. I don't know how he could replace him. Well, we talked about it. Denver is going to have, have an issue with their bench because they would lose some people because of their money issues. And they, they lost Jeff Green. They lost Bruce Brown. So this was going to happen. It was kind of an inevitable. We didn't really see it happening. The only moves Denver really made in this offseason were bringing back some of their, their their players. The only guy they I think of note that they got as new is Justin Holiday. So they have they've been relatively quiet, but... You expected that because they didn't really have the money to bring back most of their guys. They would have liked to have brought back Bruce Brown, but you can't really bring him back when Indiana's giving him that much money. He's going to be a starter for them probably this season, if I had to guess. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's worthy of a starter too. He's going to do big things. And I know we said, I know we mentioned, or I mentioned that uh, we lost good old Derrick Rose going back to Memphis, but we got a guard to replace him. And, oh, man, I remember this dude torturing us when we'd go to St. John's games. I remember this dude so vividly every time he'd come in the garden. It feels like he used Michael Jordan playing against the Celtics. Dante DiVincenzo, the big ragu, the Michael Jordan of Delaware, getting four years, $47 million for the New York Knicks, coming over him to the Golden State Warriors. I think this is a good signing, but I don't think it's a home run signing. I would give this signing, like, a B. I don't know what you how you would take it. I- I'm indifferent because, as you mentioned, I watched this guy too. Exactly. I have PTSD from all the bad memories of Villanova coming into the garden with Brunson and DiVincenzo, and they would just. Cal Bridges, Josh Hart. Bridges, yeah. And they would just just kick our ass every time. And now DiVincenzo is a Nick, and he's going to pair up with Josh Hart and Jalen Brunson once again. Um,. We do have that one moment, Val, where I think I think Jalen Brunson was on the team in twenty nine. I think yeah, it was twenty nineteen. No, 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 no. Oh. Our um, our senior year when we we came down, we were down like twenty nine to eleven. We came back and won. Right. That was that was a great movement. So I, I I think that was my favorite time seeing you know those guys in the garden. But I thought you were talking about when they went on the road in oh, Villanova and won. That's why I thought you were going with that. 
No, but uh, the one thing I want to stress with all these uh, contracts is how large all these contracts are. Right. I mean, that's the that's the norm we're in the NBA. I mean, look at um, how about we you, you know we didn't really talk about it much, but Paul Reed is another guy that got a nice pay from the Sixers. He got his offer match after he was going to originally sign with the Jazz. He got a nice payday too, and that's kind of like what you're leaning into with this topic where we're in the NBA now where the cap is going up and up and it's giving these players more and more money. Guys, you wouldn't expect to get big-time contracts like that. I mean, we talked about the Jeremy Grant deal. He got $160 million. You would probably not expect Jeremy Grant to get that anywhere near that type of money. He's a good player, but not $160 million. So this is where I'm going to take my victory lap. I had to defend these contracts for multiple reasons. I s- Every day, okay. anytime I'm, I got, I'm gonna listen to it. I, I would get garbage for it. Kyle Lowry, twenty nine million dollars. Jordan Poole, twenty nine mil. Demar Derozan, twenty nine mil. Jaron Jackson, twenty seven mil. Tyler Hero, twenty seven mil. Jalen Brunson, twenty six mil. Julius Randle, twenty five mil. Okay. They uh, hold on, I'm not done. No, and no, right no. below them, John Collins at 25 mil and Mike Conley at 25 mil. I had to hear so much garbage about how Julius Randle that was an overpay and this is a garbage contract and you're going to regret this. Same thing with Jalen Brunson. I, I I think it's not crazy to say that both Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle are top 25 players in the NBA. Is that crazy enough to say that? Uh, you could say okay, they're fringe top twenty-five. You could say they're top thirty, whatever. You could say whatever you want, right? Is it too crazy to say that there's? I just saw my fancy picture get up blown up. Um, so I'm kind of down bad right now. But yeah, I don't think it's crazy to say that. Um, Brunson had a monster postseason, which definitely puts him in that conversation. I think Randall. Well, Randall was he was playing on a bad ankle. Right, he he was all NBA. He got surgery. He was all NBA again, and listen, I think if injury doesn't happen, who knows what he does in the postseason? Maybe he plays a little bit better. Um, I feel like this could be a break, make a break year for Randall because there's been a lot of rumors with you know maybe the Knicks getting rid of him and going out against someone else. I don't know who that would be, but but my, the point is that these contracts are the forty eighth. I'm sorry, forty seventh and forty eighth most expensive in the NBA. Right? Do you think Julius Randall at four is do you think they're appropriately paid at forty seven to forty eight? I think. You know, I, don't think I don't think for a Knicks fan you're running circles, right? Yeah, oh my you're god! Happy but, about that. but you could see him like, okay, you know, if um, you know, if Michael Porter Jr. is getting thirty three million dollars, and if you know Gordon Hayward's getting thirty two, I mean, you got to keep DeAndre in mind. getting thirty two. You could say, okay, they're right. real, they're underpaid. That's gotta, what it is. You got to keep in mind what happened with Brunson when the Knicks signed him. He was coming off a season where he was, yes. He had a, a great postseason and remember, for Dallas, but he was, this, he was coming off the bench. And remember, the starting. media and fans said this was a massive overpay yeah, at $26 million, I, and it's a declining contract, too. So that means in 2025, it's going to be even less. By the time right. 2025 hit, he's he's probably going to be not even top 60. Uh, we, we, you know, like I said, the cap goes up every year, and these contracts, and you know, when it comes down to money, they go up every year. And that's why you're seeing these salary caps the way that they are for the most of these teams and why they're in the negative so much because they're having to overpay most of the time for these players to the point where they can't do anything else besides signing MLEs most of the time. So I, I hear you. 
Um, so know. Nick, did I uh, did I miss anything of out of these free agents, or did I we kind of recap them both? I think we pretty much hit the nail on the head with all the free agency. I think the only other moves realistically were some of the contract extensions for some key players like Anthony Edwards, yeah. Melo Ball, and stuff like no, that. There's no movements, though. But there really wasn't any movements. Some there was like some trades that went down, but they were for lower tier players. Um, I think the really biggest thing right now is just figuring out where. James Harden and Damian Lillard go from here because we're still yeah. waiting to see where they get traded to. Yeah, James Harden, uh, the relationship is severed in Philadelphia. Like he, I think he's pretty much said that there's no way he wants to be a Sixer. And to me, that's going to lead to a ripple effect of Joel Embiid getting traded. And Nick, you may or may not like this, but the number one odds to land him if Joel Embiid is it's not a Knicks. Sixer. Nick's up 2-1. to one. No, I like so. Embiid. I, I would take Embiid. I, I'm indifferent on Embiid. You know, he's here's the thing. Like, we always preach you for the last couple of years, and it's finally paying off. And it kind of just shrinks the window by so much, especially when RJ, there's a 10 year age gap between Embiid, or, Embiid and Barrett, or pretty much 10 year age gap. So to me, it's um, it, it kind of pushes up the window to that. I yeah. understand. But I'll, what are the Knicks lacking right now? You know, I really. I'll tell you exactly so what tough. it is. I think Jalen Brunson is. I think Jalen Brunson can be that legit superstar. You saw it in the playoffs. But I don't think he can be. He could be the number one on the team. I think he can. He could be I a really co-star. I'm not, I'm not saying he could be. He can't be a co-star. All right. So let's say he be a superstar. Don't you need a co-star to win a championship? Yes. I. I listen. You I'm need still a co-star in the camp. most of the time. I'm still, I'm still in the camp. If Randall was healthy, he we would have at least made. I, the you can't tell me Randall and Brunson can win a championship. You can't tell me right now the Knicks constructed as they are are going to are a championship like they have a chance. No, because I think we're missing a couple of things on our and bench guess to make what? that happen. I, I don't think it's bench. I think you get Embiid. That's that's it. You have it right there. You know, it's also going to depend on what we give up for Embiid. I I think it would be something in the mix of like Mitch, and I think Mitch would have to be involved. Mitch Robinson there would, would be have no to go. there would be no spot for him. I wouldn't be surprised if Grimes is in the deal. Um, I won't be surprised about that either. And yeah, I think we get a couple first round picks. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't at that point. Like, who cares about the first round picks? Maybe three first round picks and two swaps or something like that. At, the, at this rate, the norm now for most leagues is for mostly the NBA and the NFL. It's screw the picks. Go get the established talent. You don't know you you could have a chance at a championship and it could work out. I think if you're able to do that, that's a home run. But the problem is, would Philly really trade him? In in conference or in it's division, however before. you want to put it, you, they traded Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce to to Brooklyn, so it happens before. Yeah, it's Boston like first did that, but Boston, Boston and Philadelphia also switched their um their first round picks. I, I don't know. I would love to see the it. Big happen. trades do happen. I would love to see it happen. I, I really would not mind NB coming to the Knicks. Um, yeah, I don't think I would mind it, but the price has to be right. And I think there was the rumor for Harden being a Nick. I don't think it's going to happen I at all. I do not want that. I um, definitely don't. I pretty much now see him going to the Clippers at this rate because I think the Clippers are in a spot where, listen, you have Leonard under contract, you have Paul George under contract, and their prime is starting to go down. You need no, their to- prime is done. They, they, this is literally this is the last year. This is the so last answer for the Clippers. If, if that's the case, then you got to get – James Harden and try to win a championship. And I, I will say Russell Westbrook looked really good in the Clippers in the postseason. Right, he looked good. 
and they got him on a nice deal. That's a relatively good team friendly deal for the That's Clippers a great to get deal. him back. Eight year. I mean, he just wants a ring at this point, right? And I think if you can get Harden, I think that that would be perfect. I think that could help you in the West, especially because if listen, you get Harden, you assume three out of four of those guys stay healthy. You got. I think three out of those four of those healthy. And three out of those four guys is enough to make the conference finals. I think the fourth one is enough to put you in the championship. Um, I I gotta see. I I, I would like if they if you got, have all four go, four of those guys healthy. I think they're in the championship. I'm I, not I saying they're gonna ask, win it. Do you think? But I think they're in the finals. If they get Harden, are they the favorite in the West? They have they gotta to be, right? stay healthy. Yeah, they have to one if the if they're healthy, of course. And this is what I stress before anything. Right. Yes, they on on paper they on are paper. the favorite, but they have to stay have to stay healthy. Right. Because I could say, oh, you have a favorite no matter what. No, that's stupid. No, they got to stay healthy, and that's something that they have struggled with mightily over the last couple of years. Um, I don't know. I I think if they get Harden, they got a good chance. But like you said, the window is pretty much one and done. If you can't get it done this year, it might never happen. And the Clippers, they're getting near the stage of where they might have to rebuild. So they need to try to win it now because. Mm-hmm. And Steve Ballmer is willing to pay for it. I, I and I think they have. I, I, I would have to look at their roster and see what they can give up, in terms of maybe talent wise, because they probably have the draft picks to do it. But then again, keep in mind they gave up a lot of picks in that Paul George trade. So some of the picks are with OKC. So that also could be a factor in any type of Harden deal to L.A. Yeah, that would be something. I don't know what they're going to give up, but I guess we'll uh, guess we'll have to wait and see. But I do want to talk about uh, Dame over here. We'll talk about Dame Dollar and yeah. uh, his struggle right now. Well, he made it clear that he is he wants to get traded, and he specifically wants to go to Miami. However, the cards are all in the hands of, of Portland right now. And they control his destiny and where he goes. So it might not necessarily be the Miami Heat where he gets traded to. Um, you could correct me if I'm wrong. Does he have a no trade clause in his deal? No, but his agent's literally just telling people he's not going to show up. So, it, so I it, think that's pretty much as good as a no trade clause. It really, it really creates a dilemma to the point where if you are a team like Portland, you want to get something out of the deal. But it seems like Miami is giving you a hard time also with this trade. And Miami, they're in a situation also like the Clippers where their window is starting to fall and they got to try to win a championship the next year or two. And if you get deemed, that helps you a lot. But if you don't, then it's a complete failure. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And uh, to me, I think this is kind of babyish on Dame. If you really wanted to control your own destiny, you would have no trade clause in your contract. I know they're not common, but for a guy like Dame, if he really wanted to stay in Portland or, you know, that's what he's been saying his entire time, you know, dedicated to the grind. He wants to win one for Portland. You know, he's not going to run away. He would have had a no trade clause. He wanted to control his future. That's my opinion. So do you think he gets traded to Miami then at some point? Or do we think it's just going to, you know, not happen at all? It's so tough. I'm not really... uh, I'm not really positive. I, I don't know where he goes. I think he stays important because now, especially if Scoot Henderson's going to be down for an extended period of time. But will he if, show up? That's the problem. See, that's what I, I hate this attitude of, oh, I'm just not going to show up. Like, you signed the contract. 
you know, uh, trying to. It's not like they're not trying the to build them. Hoping it, that the team would, you know, help them compete. That's why he signed it. They haven't done that though. Yeah, but it's not like the team isn't trying to compete. Um, they're clearly signing people that I, they think they can help. They're, I guess, but again, you look. We just talked about the roster earlier. This team is at best what six seed, maybe. Yeah, but that's how. Listen, that's. Listen, he he signed this contract knowing that's how it was going to be. It's not like they had anyone in the farm coming up. Now they had like any young, really good rookies. I mean, they had Simons. That's about it. I mean, they have pieces, they have players, but when you handicap a team like this by taking on a contract like that, sometimes you got to look in the mirror. And a lot of superstars or so-called superstars don't like it, but that's what that's that's the fact of the matter. As much as I don't like it, the big three in Miami, they took pay cuts. They took pay cuts to get other guys to help them win. Mello on the Knicks, no pay cut. Dame, no pay cut. They didn't win. The, as much as you can say about the Big Fury in Miami, they wanted to sign other guys, they took pay cuts. So, to me, if Dame is going to sign a contract like that, and then just be complaining that he's that they can't find anyone when he's taking up 40 with a 45% of the salary cap, well, no shit you're not going to win, because half the fucking salary is going towards you. It's... like I, I, keep, I said it earlier, I think Portland is a weird... is in a weird spot overall with their team, and now with this situation going down, I think there has to be a resolution soon to this problem, because if not, it's just going to be a media nightmare for the Trailblazers all season. So, Yeah, you don't want an AD situation know. like you had with the Pelicans. That was a media nightmare all year long, and I, I, you don't want to do that, but hey, listen, there's a small market team. They got to keep what they got. They need to get the best return. Uh, Best return as possible, and if Miami already has that um, that upper hand, it's just gonna make their return more pitiful. So I don't blame him. Right. So I think there's still a couple months before the season starts. I think there's still time for Portland to figure this out, and the same and the same goes for Philadelphia with Harden. These two teams have to try to figure something out, whether it's convincing the player to play for the for them this season, whether it's Getting a trade done, um, something's got to go down the next couple of months before the NBA season starts. Otherwise, like I mentioned, it's going to be a media nightmare all year for those two teams. Portland and Philly could be in for a long year overall, and it could create a headache for those two teams. So they got to figure something out, and I'm sure they will. Um, before we wrap up today, though, Andrew, um, quickly want to get your thoughts about who you think overall, based on what we've seen so far. Who's had the best free agency in general? Uh, I think you said it earlier. I think it's the Lakers. As much as I hate the Lakers and LeBron, they really solidified their team. They got the pieces that they need to win. Uh, they got a lot of guys with grit, like Rui Hachimura and Gabe Vincent, and they also got the guys that you know had a good reunion when they first joined, like D'Angelo Russell, but didn't really pan out in the playoffs for a number of reasons. Um, and they kept a lot of their core too. And they lost some guys like Dennis Schroeder, which I think is addition by subtraction, especially when you add a guy like Gabe Vincent, that is a massive upgrade at a premium position. So I would say the Lakers are having one of the best off seasons so far. Yeah, I, I, I can't really disagree with that. I mean, we, I talked about it. The Lakers are helping not only their starting lineup, but helping that bench get better 
and try to keep them in that window that they have currently to try to win another championship. So those moves are definitely big. I'll try not to piggyback off of you and take the same team. I have another team in mind. I think we're going to go on the same wavelength here. Do you want me to say it or do you want to say it? You could say it because I'm curious where you're going with it. Is it the Phoenix Suns? I was going to say Phoenix, actually, yeah. All right, so you can go take Phoenix then. Um, That'd be my number two. And I was going to talk about how mostly they got some good, you know, low-tier contracts from this free agency. But also keep in mind, they got Bradley Beal this offseason. So you have to tie into what everything they've done in the offseason since the season has ended. Getting Bradley Beal is big overall for their offense. I'm curious to see how he'll be a point guard this season because we haven't really seen it that much from him. But maybe the Suns can make it work out. Who knows? But you look at what they've done in free agency as well. They got Bull Bull. Chemezi Metsu they also got. We mentioned that they got Kata Bates-Diop, Yuta Watanube, Drew Eubanks, Damian Lee is brought back, Okogi is brought back. They were able to make some big moves as well, getting Eric Gordon. The biggest problem for Phoenix in this offseason was who was on the bench and how can they compete after the starting five goes off the court. This is how you do it. You get guys that have been proven that they can do stuff off the bench and keep you in these games. Because once a guy goes down, whether it's because he needs rest or it's because of an injury, someone's got to you know fill that hole. And it could be one of these players. And I think they're nice, solid players, especially Eric Gordon. I think that was the best move they made. Because I think it's a guy that has been a proven commodity off the bench, has won sixth man of the year before in the NBA multiple times. He could win it again this season if Phoenix has a really good year. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I think the big uh, well, the problem for Phoenix was they had four guys that were playable about a month ago. Now I think they have nine, eight to nine guys that are playable right. in the playoffs. So to just double your rotation like that is that's phenomenal. What Dem- that's what, look at what Denver did in the postseason. They were running with a rotation of seven to eight players most of the time. Yeah, and uh, you saw Denver getting gas. So for Phoenix, if they if they truly have nine guys that are playable, then I think they're in really good shape. They might be the favorites in the West. It's it's possible. I mean, we know that going into the season, the West is going to be another dogfight to try to get to the NBA Finals because there's just so much camaraderie and where talent. right there's a point to where there's a lot of good teams and you could make a case for a bunch of teams making the finals next season. But with trades like Harden and Lillard still on the board, it could create more possibilities in the West and even in the East for things to go down going into this upcoming NBA season. But once we get towards the beginning of the NBA you know, season and we preview it as to what happens and maybe in the next couple of weeks we find out what happens with Harden and Lillard, then we'll kind of get an understanding of what we might think is or who I should say, who are going to be the teams that are going to be favored going into this NBA season and can get closer to an NBA championship. So, but, Nick, yeah. one thing before we do sign off here, I do want to point out that uh, Chris Paul is on the Golden State Warriors, and Correct. we really didn't go over this a lot, but um, I think it goes without note that them adding Chris Paul and getting rid of Jordan Poole. No, we went over Jordan Poole leaving, but we didn't talk about the addition of Chris Paul. Well, we did a couple weeks ago, but... Yeah, but I just want to touch upon it again for the viewers yeah. that, could have, that could have lost it. Yeah. Um, do you think now that we have a lot of these trades finalized, you have a couple teams in front of you in the West? You have Denver, the reigning champions. You have the Clippers with all their nonsense going on right now with all of your injuries. You have Phoenix. 
and you have um you got Golden so you got Golden State, you got Phoenix, you got the Clippers, out and, and you got Denver. So out of those four, who do you think is going to reign supreme? Because if you if I told you, hey, that's going to be the Stemmies this year, God. I don't think I could pick one. I don't think I could pick a team. I would. I'm not gonna lie with you. I would think the I think the Lakers deserve some consideration in there too with the free agency they've had. I would say they're a dark horse, and by um, dark horse I mean they're right, I'm not on the outside looking in, but they're kind of like walking up to the party. And I'm not. Sense. And I'm not selling the Clippers unless they get James Harden. I right, the, right, right, right. I'm assuming they get James Harden. Right. That's if my they assumption. get James Harden, then you might convince me otherwise. Yeah, I'm, my assumption is they get James Harden. If they don't have James Harden, then you obviously swap, swap Lakers for Clippers. Now. As I, if I had to pick one right now for the West, I might lean towards Phoenix. I'm not gonna lie with you. I, I might too. After all these additions, they look I, pretty good. The free agency moves have been great, and Denver, I still like as a contender. I'm worried that Bruce Brown is going to be more significant than a lot of people would assume. So because it might would be, believe, yeah, I agree. With yeah, you. not a lot of people would believe that's going to be a big move. I think that could be huge for Denver's loss in this season, but. It's really tough to go back to back. That's another thing too. And you've seen it the last couple of seasons. It's been tough other than Golden State doing it that, that many times. I think for Denver, they need they just gotta figure out if they can find a diamond in the rough. And if they can, then they can get back there. I just think with the moves that Phoenix has made so far and with the guys they already have there, I, I think it's crazy not to pick them right now as the favorite in the Western Conference. Yeah, I would agree with you, and I think we—I don't think we could pick someone in the East right now because that's just wide open too. We uh, have no idea what's going to happen. I'm I not think, even going to attempt to. I was going to say I think it's a two-team race right now between Boston and Milwaukee. I still think it is too. I think I think Miami got lucky, and I think the Knicks will kind of fall short once again. Maybe maybe go to seven games this time like in, Cle- in the second round. Cleveland will be a good team this year again. I'm not even I'm not even going to count Cleveland if they're. I'm not saying they're going to be a contender. Maybe they're a tier below the Knicks, and if I'm not considering the Knicks to be contending, then I'm not going to consider Cleveland. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying they're going to be contending. I'm just saying Cleveland will be in the mix. They will fight for, for the five seed. I don't know. I think they could be a three or I can think. I think they'll be in the three to five range. That that's because I think you're going to depends s- on what happens with Philly too. That's that's what I'm saying. I think Philly's going to be in a weird spot. They trade Harden. What do they get in the deal, and what will the roster look like next season? Because if that's the case, I'm not sure how the they'll make the playoffs, sure, but I don't know what the team would look like and how they'll do without Harden. And I think that's going to be something to point out because Harden is a big reason why they were the three seed last year. They were one win away from going on to the conference finals. Yeah, to me, I think it's Milwaukee if they could stay healthy because until Joe Mozilla stops watching the town on repeat, I don't think they're going to make. I was going to say if I had to pick someone of these, I think it'd be Milwaukee. Um, I know they have a new head coach, but I can't trust Missoula after what he did in the postseason last year for Boston. And I think getting back Lopez and uh, Middleton was big for Milwaukee just to stay alive in that, you know, in that window that they currently have. But if you're a Celtics fan, you're kind of in the same boat where you got to win something soon because this could be a, a disaster if they don't win it. They have so much talent on their roster, and you got Christos Porzingis now added. You've got to add, you've got to try to win a championship soon because if not, changes are going to be made relatively soon. I agree with you. But I think pretty much that wraps up this week's edition of the All Gas No Break sh- uh, short sports show. A little bit of a tongue twister there, but 
great NBA free agency overall. A lot of moves have been made. Still waiting on the decisions of James Harden and Damian Lillard and to see where they go in this upcoming weeks and months or if they go anywhere. We'll have to find out as we get a little bit closer to this year's NBA season. But Andrew, before we forget, we almost did. Uh, I think you wanted to quickly mention a show that we're going to be doing in the next couple weeks. Yeah, so I'm going to stop the outro music and plug the Morris County Card Show, which we will be there as vendors on August 5th. That's a Saturday. Uh, That's going to be in Parsippany, New Jersey. It's the Morris County Card Show uh, between the hours of 9 a.m. and 3 p.m. Hey, we have a lot of people that just stop by. They want to chat, talk about sports, talk about sports cards, uh, you know, talk about anything. We've seen a lot of good stories. I think my personal favorite is the um, uh, when we saw the uh, the guy got a custom piece done. He had a photo at the time of all the home run leaders. Yep. And he got every single one of them to sign up the same exact position. So I think you get you see stuff like that at the show. You know, I, I think that's just worth the price of admission alone, which I think is like a dollar or two. So if you're in the New York City area or the tri-state area, come say hi on uh, Saturday, August 5th. And if you want to hear me ranting about the Yankees, because no, more than likely they will be in a bad spot by that show, uh, definitely stop by and listen to me rant about them, because it will be a fun time to say the least. But that is going to do it for this week's edition of the All Gas Don't Break Sports Show. I have been Nicholas Moto, joined alongside by Andrew Johnson. Have a great rest of your weekend.